welcome back to the Al Dente podcast. We've got a very exciting episode for you today. Um, you've heard about these guys if you were at one of the AAPDPs earlier this year, um, thanks to Student Affairs. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for the rest of this episode. I'm sure there's lots of questions that you guys are very curious to find out about. But um, first, of course, we have to introduce who we've got on the pod, and it's none other than Evan and Nick from Kensington Dental Care. So, hello to Evan and Nick. Howdy. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right. So, um, we'll get more into some of the more, I guess, dental-related questions later on. Um, these guys are obviously very successful outside in the private practice world in Adelaide. Um, but, yeah, you'll hear more about that after the break. But first off, because we're all nosy and curious, um, could you give us a bit of background about yourselves? Um, I guess we'll start with Evan and then move on to Nick. Uh, yeah, so um, graduated 2013, uh, originally from Victoria and moved across to Adelaide to study. Uh, the year I moved across was when Melbourne Uni stupidly decided to do uh, undergraduate and postgraduate and eight years of study was about eight years too many for me. So <laughs> I, I decided to take the, uh, the, the slightly shorter option of five years um, and have pretty much been here ever since. Um, exclusively worked in, in private practice in a, in a couple of settings, um, some... Uh, metro and, and rural settings and things like that. And, uh, yeah, now now I've got my own or couple of practices and here we are. And, yeah, Nick? <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm originally from Adelaide. I'm not a Victorian COVID carrier. <laughs> <laughs> and I graduated in 2013 uh, with Evan. And uh, since then I've worked in, you know, metro practices and my my own private practice in the, in the country, in Wyala, uh, which I've, I've been there since I graduated and I've been a partner there for, you know, I guess, I don't know, six years. How long have we been out now? I don't even know how long yeah. we've been out <laughs> there yeah. for now. Trying to do the quick math. How, how long have you been there yeah. for? <laughs> so, yeah, about <laughs> six years, seven years. So that's okay. Somewhere in that realm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and uh, now we're uh, here. So that's basically it. Yeah. Oh, and I might just jump in here. Yeah, we must thank Evan and Nick. They've been incredibly busy during this time and they have kindly taken out the time to talk with us um, about a little bit of fun stuff. So I guess I'll move on to you, Calvin. You've got a couple of questions. Yeah, I think I've just popped out of nowhere. Oh, sorry, I didn't even introduce okay. you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. That's okay. It's a bit of a shock for listeners at home. Calvin's ego just took a big hit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Um, he, gets, he gets too much clout as president anyway. Um, yeah, I was just saying that it's interesting to hear that from you, Evan, because um, I'm from Melbourne originally as well, and I came here for the same reason, to avoid that long process. Yeah, it's... Um, uh, I got a few. I've actually got a few friends that um, I had a few friends that uh, finished and then went through Melbourne University. And one of the things they commented on a lot was that they really did not get a lot of clinical time. Um, being a four-year course, it was kind of like two years of theory and then you know a year of essentially third year and then fourth and fifth year crammed into to one year. Um, mm. And really when you think about it, a four-year course and a five-year course is not the same thing because you still have that two years of theory. You're really talking about three years of clinical versus two years of clinical, which is essentially 50% more um, 
in terms of experience and stuff like that. And you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people that came out, you know, really struggled in their first year of uni from Melbourne, and I assume Sydney's probably a very similar thing compared mm. to, to Adelaide. And I think, like, especially with the the science side of things, so a lot of people would do a, a Bachelor of Science or, or Biomed before doing the postgrad gen. If you think about our five-year undergrad degree, we don't do a lot of heavy science in that. It's all very integrated mm-hmm. straight off the bat. So, you know, I, I sort of look at that and think, I, I don't think me having a science degree would have helped me before doing the undergrad degree anyway, you know. But, or an arts degree. Or an arts degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So I guess because it could be any undergrad. The video, like the video clinical things you guys have to do now. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. Cool. So you guys went through dentistry together. Were you always friends throughout the degree? Uh, yeah. I mean, our year we had probably, what, 85, 86 people. So it was a fairly big year. So, I mean... Everyone's kind of fairly friendly with everyone anyway. Um, you know, we probably weren't closest friends, but we certainly, you know. I think we had a lot of friend overlaps. So yeah. Like, you know, that, that sort of helps. I yeah. Um, so but it was big. We had a big enough year that you kind of, you know, you weren't just that one really small, tight-knit, tight-knit yeah. group. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys have now, like 30, 40, 50? No, I was oh. about the same. Um, oh, really? Mine's about well, they, 70. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a fair bit. We do have about half uh, international students. Was that similar? Um, oh, okay, so you would have <laughs> less international students. Yeah, we had, I think we had about 25 international students, um, maybe 30. Maybe 30. It was still, it was still not, it, it probably wasn't quite half, but it was, it was still uh, a fair amount, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but definitely not the majority. Like it was, wouldn't have been a half-half situation. Um, I don't know. From talking with some of the uh, the more recent grads that we have working for us, you know, they were saying it's quite a number of them are um, uh, international students and that kind of stuff. Which uh, I guess the other interesting thing was in our year there was probably only eight, eight or nine of us from South Australia in that year. And yeah, that's sort of continued yeah. on every year. <laughs> um, we seem to be the minority as yeah. someone who's also Sorry, from yeah. Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was always interesting. <laughs> yeah. cool. So I guess back to the high school days in a way, what made you guys interested in studying dentistry? I'm sure you've been asked this thousands of times. <laughs> uh, well... I wanted to do max facts, like from pretty much the get go, um, mm-hmm. and um, the it was shorter to do dentistry first than medicine first. Um, so yeah, did dentistry and pretty much got into about third year and went, "This is not too bad," and had a fair few mm. friends in med who were going, "This is pretty." pretty ordinary um, <laughs> and especially when you graduated and you you know you talk to the guys in med that are doing 18 hour shifts and making a third of what you're making um i know it shouldn't be about money but it was very easy to, to fall into to to dentistry as a result for me so um it's end of the day it's very similar you 90 of dentistry is dealing with people 10 percent of it is actually the you you hand skills and all that kind of stuff and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So 
um, which is probably very similar to most aspects of, of medicine. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was my my path. I guess I guess for me, like I, I I wanted to do a clinical job. I didn't really want to be staring at a computer all day. And I didn't want to be a tradesman, so I was sort of like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what do I do? <laughs> so you had three, three career choices. Three career choices, yeah. Computer or tradesman. <laughs> so, so it was a, I, did, I did have, uh, I, I, same as, as them, and I, I did think about wanting to be maybe a plastic surgeon or ENT. Um, and then I also, my mum my works uh, as an executive. Uh, in the central hospital network and she sort of said, oh, Nick, you really want to go through all the study that you have to go through to be a surgeon? And I sort of thought, well, you know what, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> so, I want to go through the study I have to do to get through your 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to be fair, like I, I looked at what other what other sort of, you know, professions I could have done and, and you know, we we're looking, you know, you're looking in that allied health field of, you know, Dentistry, podiatry, physio, and and for me, like dentistry, won out mainly because of the the, the real variety of it. Even though it's focused mm. in one, you know, one section of the body, it is still very uh, it's very broad. You know, there's a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of work that can be done within the scope of general dentistry. So, mm. And after yeah, all, um, our degree is called the Bachelor of Dental Surgery. So. <laughs> Surgery in the word, <laughs> and, and 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 the business like and business is always uh, and mm-hmm. it's something that I like as well. And, and you know, dentistry is a, is a great you know, a great profession for the business side of things as well. Yeah, I I, I do quite enjoy the, the business side of, of dentistry as much as I curse it at various times. <laughs> um, you know the. The opportunity to run your own business, which you don't oh, really, you don't really get with, um, you know, uh, medical side of things quite to the same degree, and everything like that I think is um is really really useful. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, it's, um, so it's it's yeah, that's a, another factor as well, which is is really really good. So, yeah, um, but the business side of things isn't for isn't for everyone. I've also got a few colleagues who. The dentistry side of things isn't for everyone. They'd much rather be business people, which is also fine. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I haven't actually included this question, but both of you seem to have be quite familiar with, you know, even knowing what oral maxillofacial surgery is, which I didn't even know that was a thing until um, getting into dentistry itself. Did you have sort of good experiences at the dentist growing up? Is that? Where you get your um, idea of dentistry from? I think I, I did. I mean, I had a lot of ortho work, and and my yeah, my dentist, my family dentist was very engaging as well. So I, I think that's sort of uh, what. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to look back on that sort of thing. The the area of max facts that I enjoy, I sort of kind of liked the idea of like surgery in terms of like orthopedics or plastics as well, and. Max Fax was kind of a bit of a, <clears throat> a combination of, mm-hmm. of the two things, so mm. which, um, you know, was probably where I was sort of drawn to it. Um, I had a, a friend who had um, quite a bit of like Max Fax work like at school, so oh. I was sort of, 
aware of what they've done early on as a result. So um, I, I don't think it's something that, yeah, as you said, most people would have heard of otherwise. So, um, yeah, I think a bit of research here and there during the young years is kind of where my interest in that came from. So yeah, definitely less interested in the teeth initially. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the other thing for us as well is Nick and I, I think we're quite lucky that we both kind of ended up in practices where um, we do a lot of surgical stuff. So, you know, it's not, you know, cancer surgery, the head and neck, but it's still, you know, the, the same principles apply at the end of the day, um, really. So, you know, we still get to get our hands bloody, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> And also hands greasy. Um, this is great, but Evan and Nick have just decided to bite into some pizza, which looks delicious, but that's awesome. <laughs> I've been working since 9 a.m. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, Elaine, you can't knock it. <laughs> been here for 12 hours. So. Oh, that makes us feel bad. pizza. <laughs> All right. So, um, Cool, that's a bit about the introduction. So we'll we'll go to a quick ad break and then have a chat about more of your careers outside of graduating after the break. The El Dente podcast is brought to you by Wright Evans Partners, a full-service accounting firm and longtime sponsor of the AUDSS. The team at Wright Evans Partners can review contracts, complete your tax return and provide financial advice. The AUDSS is thankful for their continued support and significant contribution to the events we run for the student body. So, welcome back. As this is a dental student-run podcast, many students are obviously quite interested in your successful careers, and particularly the journey that led to owning multiple practices at such a young age. I mean, you guys have only been out for, like we've established, like six, six years or so, which is really not long in the eyes of um, a lot of dentists. And um, we're also very curious about your experience at dental school itself. So starting with that one, um, what were you two like in dental school? Have you got any tips for current students as well? Uh, my my fiance is here, so laughing and smiling. <laughs> she, she's also a dentist. So. I was a, I was oh, a, lovely. I was a, I was a good Catholic child. <laughs> we were well behaved. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, I don't think it might, you know, I think most people, uni is kind of, you know, you're at that age where part of it is, you know, letting loose and stuff like that. So um, I'm not going to pretend in any shape or form that I was the best student um, and certainly the social aspects of university probably appealed to me far more than <laughs> the studious aspects of uni appealed to me um but yeah I think um I think you know we we enjoyed uni and that kind of stuff and, and had a good time and as I was saying before you know 90% of dentistry is people so um you can get 100% on all your exams and know yeah five divisions of the facial nerve off the top of your head and exactly where they go and everything like that. But there's no good knowing those things if the person you're telling it to hates you. So, um, <laughs> you know, having a good social, uh, I guess, life at uni and everything like that was, you know, really important. It, it, it helps to build your confidence as well because if you're not confident when you walk into a clinical environment, 
your patient knows that and then all of a sudden they start doubting what you're saying. If you have that, if you have that air of confidence, then they start to, you know, they start to really listen to what you're saying a lot, a lot more readily rather than if they're a bit timid because you're 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 timid basically. So, so I, I guess for you know the time at uni was, you know, it, it is hard. It is a hard degree to get through, and I found it hard looking at some of my mates who were doing law, commerce, or you know, engineering. Well, not so much engineering. Engineering is hard, but like some of the <laughs> commerce, like arts degree side of things, they were you know, you know, having eight contact hours a week, and I was. Yeah. And we were there, you know, nine to five, Monday to <laughs> eight, Friday. Eight contact hours a day. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, you're sort of thinking, oh, yeah, I hope this is worth it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it, it was a really worthwhile thing in the end. It was a, a long five years, but I, I think it was quite enjoyable. <clears throat> yeah. It's also worth the hard work. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely think the, the key thing there is that, you know, as, uh, as the same once you get out and graduate and everything like that, you know, work-life, study-life balance is really important. I don't know if we necessarily have a good work-life balance right at the moment, but, you know, for the most part we try to and things like that. So I think the same thing same thing applies to to study. Um, I don't want to say P's get degrees, but... <laughs> <laughs> Times don't change. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was quite important, like, in those times, like, also, like, being quite... A pro- you know, I guess being quite flexible and and not being too rigid helps with your tutors as well because you know it, it's a relationship that you have to have with them to also succeed throughout that time because if you have a if you sort of get off on the wrong foot with the tutor it can be hard and then mm. you, know, you see people sort of have a bit of a battle their, their whole their whole semester seems like a battle because they've got this yes. tutor that they think is coming down hard on them or you know. So I, I think if you just keep it sort of, you know, keep it light and, you know, really, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. yeah I guess like every, they're all humans too. Yeah, they're not just but robots trying to mark you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's personal management and things like that. You know, if you go back and do your self-assessments again and everything like that, you can write about how well you did your, you know, your MO filling or whatever and everything like that. But I think a really, really good good way to explain things is I've got so many patients that have been to like a dentist that they went to for 30 years, for example, or 20 years mm-hmm. or whatever, and they talk so highly of that of that dentist. Mm-hmm. They come to see you, oh, you know, I went and saw Dr. X and he's looked after him for 20 years and he was such a good dentist and all this kind of stuff and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And you look in their mouth and the work is atrocious. Like it's just so so mm. bad, mm. but the patient loved them because they were a good person mm. and they were nice and approachable, and you can talk to them and everything like that. You can get away with really bad dentistry if you're a really really good person. Mm. Um, now you shouldn't, but you can. So you know that's the thing. Is at the end of the day, patients really don't know how good your contact is. They don't know how good your you know, your cuspal anatomy is, all that kind of stuff. The two things I care about were you were you nice and was it pain-free? And that was the, that's the only two stuff they really care about at the end of the day. Um, they don't care about the rest of it. So, you know, develop, work on those skills and develop those skills and social aspects and settings are a really, really good 
good way to do that. Go and talk to people you haven't talked to. Go and meet people. Expand your social network, your friendship network and that kind of stuff um, is, is super, super mm. important because it'll take you a long way, not just in dentistry but the rest of your life. It's, a, it's also one of the, like, interesting things about dentistry is that, like, each person might have a very similar problem but every person has a different story. So you might meet, you know, between, you know, 8 to 15 people a day or, you know, maybe that even that you've seen over a long period of time and, you know, you, you sort of, you know, you sort of understand their life as they grow older and then you see them each every six months and basically you get a different piece of the puzzle each time and you, you sort of really getting to know someone to a really, you know, extensive level. It's, it's quite an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially as, as the years go on as well, like, you know. You have to stay in the one place for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Every six months, it's not going to work. I think that's really good advice that you guys have given. And from our talks earlier in the year, those are things that you were telling us as well. And as a dental student, I think you can get really caught up with all the details of everything, of like needing to know certain things and needing to create certain things to satisfy your tutor and yourself. Um, but I think yeah, communication is one of those things that we can lose sight of, especially when we're under pressure. So for recent grads, like for people that are about to graduate, like myself, it's really good to just kind of refocus the mind and make sure not to forget about what's kind of really important out in the real world. Mm. So you guys have already uh, expressed how you were interested in the business side of dentistry and you went through dentistry together. Um, what made you guys kind of want to open a place together? Like, was it something that you guys had planned before graduating or was it something that came up a bit later? No, uh, Nick and I started cycling about two and a half years ago, pretty much both at the Mm. same time, just with completely separate people. And Mm. then through one mutual friend, we ended up going on a few rides together. Sort of like a reconnection. We hadn't seen each other. (laughs) And then we just had a beer one. Um, Nick sort of said, do you want to buy a dental practice? And <laughs> yeah. I thought, that was it. So that's yeah. how it goes. <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, it wasn't anything, certainly anything planned. Um, you know, we we definitely just sort of, I don't want to say we jumped head well, first into I, it. I was sort of looking, like I, I, I was sort of looking for a, a city like a city practice. I was trying to find like something small and then I found Kensington and then it was a bigger practice than what I was wanting to like take on basically, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with my, like, my practice in the country. And then, uh, yeah, Evan and I were cycling and had a beer and uh, are you keen? And we had a look. Yeah. It was good. I think the key thing that came up though from from all of that was while it kind of was, I guess, pure happenstance that it kind of occurred in, in that way and everything. And I literally, I think it, we'd, we'd probably ridden together four times um, over the course of about a month before this practice that we bought came up for sale. Um, but I think the conversations we had over those those couple of times we've met and everything of that and even discussing the practice itself was that, we had a lot of mutual 
views on how dentistry should be done. Um, we had a lot of, um, I guess, kind of similar ideas in terms of how we wanted our practice to, to run and be run and that kind of thing. And I think equally so, we saw there was a lot of areas that we had differences in in terms of our clinical skills and our clinical areas. Uh, and they kind of aligned really well that it sort of encompassed you know, pretty much everything that we wanted to kind of have in a practice and do in a practice. So, you know, we also we got really lucky. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> and also the practice to buy, like that we bought, we got really lucky to pick up what we what we did and everything at the timing and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I guess in I guess in this day and age, a lot of a lot of practices will change hands. Internally, so like people who are working in a practice will buy the practice or buy into it, and it won't necessarily be advertised to the to the public. So that that's sort of where a lot of the practices will change hands, and especially if you're if you're looking at it in a, a you know in a suburb not too far out of the city. I mean, yes, it's easy to find practices to buy in the outer burbs or in the country, but when you're talking about a, you know, in, in really nice sort of suburbs around the CBD, whether that be in South Australia or Melbourne, Sydney, it, it, it's difficult, you know, because people want to buy them. So, yeah, it was, but end of the day, it was it was really chance, but, yeah, a lot of things kind of lined up to the right for us, so. Chance, cycling and beers, I see. Yeah, cycling and beers. That's the secret to success right there. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be a bit difficult. Ride for about six months, but yeah, <laughs> work has been detrimental to the black riding. Yeah, <laughs> seems hard to have the conversation while cycling, but it looks like you guys manage. It was, it was usually it was usually me talking and Nick puffing. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, oh! Is that right, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> Through my practice. <laughs> 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 so, what what are the advantages, um, say, of like sharing the load in a way? Because, um, yeah, they, um, it's it's a uh, as I said, dentistry is all it's all managing people, and then you know if you're a practice owner, the hardest job is managing people again. You know, yeah, because especially if you're in a busy practice. It's a high-pressure environment, and so not every single person that you employ is going to work well under pressure. So there's always going to be some level of the ball getting dropped, and you just got to try to manage it so that it doesn't get dropped too many times, so that everything keeps going in a really nice flow. Yeah. And the other thing as well is like you know, um, I think from the point of view of running a practice um, to the clinical side of things, you know, Nick and I. Have, spend a lot of time talking about cases with each other, which is really, really nice to have someone who's got, got like a, a similar level of experience but has had that experience from different clinics and things mm-hmm. like that to discuss with. I mean, it's, it's one thing to talk to specialists or people that have been out for 30 years um, about what they think they should do and all that kind of stuff and everything. But to have someone who's got a similar experience as you makes it a lot easier to relate and get the point of view and that kind of thing. Um, 
So from a clinical point of view, it's super, super useful. The other, the other thing I think is you, 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 can't, you can't ever really uh, sort of put a lower value on your interaction with the specialist that you refer to because every patient you refer out, you get a different result, you see different things. So even then drawing from someone else's wealth of knowledge on the referrals, even though they may not have necessarily done the surgery or done the ortho or done the heavy pros work, they've, they've basically had it, they've known what that specialist has done. So then someone might come to you and say, oh, you know, I might say to Evan, oh, you know, I've got this case and then Evan might be like, oh, I haven't done that before, but the last time I had that, I sent it to exit so-and-so and they did this and it was awesome, so let's, you know, let's do that. So that, that's another, you know, another thing where having, you know, having a group practice is, is quite handy and uh, it, I, I don't know, I like, I like working in an environment where there's lots of people yeah. around. It's, it's, more, it's more fun. Yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> and it does also mean that you get to, I think, in that same thing, you kind of you get a lot of different additional experience, but it also means that you can kind of then narrow all of that stuff. <laughs> you can narrow all that stuff into kind of one thing and you can you can try various different kind of ways of approaches and, you know, you, you only have to try it half as many times because you've got someone else who's trying the other half as a result, uh, so it's easy to kind of then work out what works and that kind of stuff. I guess, I guess the other thing from like having having a, a partner in your practice. I mean, we have a we have a lot of associates as well, but you know, we, you don't have to worry so much. I, I have some friends who have solo practices, and they are it's them Monday mm-hmm. to Friday. Mm-hmm. That's it, and they say to like. I'm guilty when I go on holidays because, like, my patients, I'm not there for them. Like, what if they have a pain? And you know, so they end up not taking holidays and stuff like that because they're like, oh, who's going to look after my patients? If you get a locum in, you have to trust that locum. Oh, and, wow. you know, you hear bad experiences with people with locums. So, you know, whereas if you're in a group practice and especially, you know, with a partner and then associates, you know, you can go away on holiday and know that your patients are, are going to be looked after. Yeah, you. Get, I mean, there's a there's a there's a big thing to say as well about again in that regard. I mean, hopefully everyone wants to do the best and everything like that. But there's also a, a big thing in terms of having someone in the business that's financially invested too and wants the business to succeed. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it also means that you know, as Nick said, you can go away and that kind of stuff. But or you can work three days a week. And you don't have to worry about the other two days a week where somebody else is kind of, you know, at the helm. And, yeah, it's their job, but they're not financially invested. So it gives us, you know, it gives us a lot of, uh, I don't know how you'd say it, like kind of uh, uh, like an umbrella kind of over the whole practice, you know, that we can Mm -hmm. look after it really, really well at at all times and look after our patients. Like I think a really good example is that guy that Molly had the other day that came in and was like, do you think this needs, this recession defect needs treatment and Nick was with a patient and I just happened to be sitting on my computer doing some you know bills or something of that and she came and asked me and I had a look and we're like yeah I was like just give me a second went and got Nick so there was three dentists and a and a very experienced hygienist in the room just treatment planning for a single little area of recession Mm. on like four one (laughs) but what that means as well as the patient 
So the patient loved it. He thought it was great that he had three dentists and a hygienist looking at him and everything like that. And if he comes in for a broken tooth six weeks later and Nick's not here or I'm not here or Molly's not here and he has to see someone else, he's already met that person and is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, in a really kind of relaxed environment and everything like that. And while we're all talking shop and everything like that, it's like these guys, they look after their patients because they have this conversation. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, I met you before and things like that. So, you know, a lot of, I'd say, you know, probably at least half of the patients that Nick and I have seen, we've both met the other, the, the patient before in some capacity, even if it's just like, what do you think of the fit of this cram? What do you think of the shade of his tooth? You know, what do you think of this? How would you treat that? Come in for five seconds. So it also builds confidence with patients seeing someone else too. So I think that's really useful. And, and it's also good for your, your well-being as well as a clinician because, like, sometimes you, get, you can get really narrow, like, narrow-focused and having another set of eyes on something can just, really help you freshen up your, your perspective. The, the weight of a decision isn't on you and that way also if things go wrong, then you've got someone to also debrief with, which I think is really, really important. You know, I think that Nick and I say to our new grads, a lot of the new grads we work with, it's like you've got to be critical and you've got to pick apart your own work, but equally so you've got to congratulate yourself when you do something really, really well. Um, and, you know, there's so many cases that, you know, especially the surgical stuff and things like that, you know, Nick and I talk about it for half an hour, 45 minutes after. It's like, here's all the stuff that went really well. Here's the stuff that didn't go well. Here's what I thought you did well. Here's what you thought I did well. So vice versa and that kind of stuff. Whereas if you're just on your own um, and you're doing these things, you know, hopefully you're balanced, but I think 90% of people aren't and they will always be more harsh on themselves and play on the stuff that went badly as opposed to the stuff that went well. And that's a really great way to dig yourself into a mental hole is to not be able to, you know, analyse stuff critically, both positive and negative. And it's very it's very easy to get into a real negative yeah. frame of mind. spiral. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bad patients in a day and, you know, yeah. not necessarily that the patient was a tricky, tricky person to deal with, but, like, you know, you might have had some really hard, a really hard time getting a nice contact point or something and it happens like three times in a row and then all of a sudden you think, oh, my God, I can't do it. What's yeah. happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not really your fault. It's just that the, those three patients you had that day were very difficult cases. Like, yeah. so you can't be too hard on it. Yeah. yeah so even that- I think the key thing there is even if, you know, obviously we're business partners and things like that, even if you don't find you know, not necessarily a business partner or someone in your own practice, you know, maintain good relationships with your colleagues and that kind of stuff and everything and, you know, have that conversation with people and, um, you know, I think that's probably something else we'd probably talk about is documenting cases and stuff mm. like that. You know, it's really good to have photos and that kind of stuff. And We've just got some sweet new cameras. And yeah. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> and just like, yeah, so... You know, that, that kind of stuff is really important. So even if it's not necessarily a business partner, you know, have someone that you can discuss things with and try and find some sort of similar experience level to you because they will um, they will gel with you on a, on a lot more shared experience basis than, you know, it's, have a mentor but also have someone that, that 
and also talk to your lab technician as well. Like pick up the phone and like talk to them about it. Write stuff, but then you can if you talk to them, they'll be like, oh, this person's like keen. They haven't just written three words on a lab sheet and (laughs) what you need to do the rest. Yeah, I only write two on most of my lab forms now. It's just (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I just don't bother with don't bother with writing stuff down. It's too hard to write. It's too hard to write really detailed information like you need to have a lab tech that can understand verbally what you're asking them. Mm. and good ones can do that now that's some excellent tips that's come out of you guys just then and also different stuff from what we've heard i guess the, you know the usual stuff like oh like just you know practice 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 this this other stuff that you've come up with is really really good and um yeah very interesting because i think we have as students i think we do go down that hole of not really talking to other people about it and you're on your own so you're just kind of stressing out and then yeah but getting other people to have a look at it is definitely a good a good idea and a good tip um yes i was going to ask what is the secret to your success but it looks like you guys have basically just jumbled up a lot of stuff in all that you've already covered um have you got a specific secret but it doesn't seem like there is really a cure i think probably the big thing is that uh, for us doing good dentistry is really really important wait hold up there's a paywall now yeah (laughs) 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 um doing good dentistry i think is really really important um and, you know, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. I was somebody who's got a relatively big Instagram following but probably has a similar level of clinical experience as Nick and I was posting a thing about, you know, like, oh, you know, what do you do? And they were posting messages on Instagram that people said, it's like, oh, I'm trying really hard. And their response was like, oh, the, the key thing is you try. Like, it's great that you try. Like, and to me, that was kind of like, mm, you know, you don't tell your patient, you know, oh, I tried my best. Like, you know, yeah. you have to, you have to do it. That's the thing. You have to back yeah. it up. Now, that's not to say that stuff doesn't go wrong, and you're not going to do good dentistry every single day of the week. And it's, I'm also not saying that I was in the category of it's like, you know, um, I did bad dentistry because I was a new graduate. Every single new graduate does bad dentistry. Um, But I guess the key thing is a positive attitude isn't necessarily all there is to it. As I said, being critical of your work is really, really good and also not not falling into the shame spiral. Um, Also in the same regard, you know, not accepting bad dentistry. Um, A thing I think I say to so many new grads that I've worked with and things like that in the past is that if you do a filling and you take an X-ray afterwards and it's not sealed on the deep distal margin or you've got an open contact, first thing you do is you sit the patient up and you go, I'm not happy with this. I'm going to redo it for you. That Mm -hmm. patient is so much more appreciative of that fact than if you sit them up and they come back a week later and go, I'm getting food packing between my teeth. You've told them, you're probably going to get food stuck between your teeth. I'm probably going to have to redo this filling and everything of that. So you're critical from the get-go and you... you, are assessing that. You, you're not going to see the patient go, I tried to get a good contact. I tried really hard. You know, they're not going to accept that. You say, I didn't. I didn't do this. Now, it doesn't mean that you are saying you're a bad dentist because it still happens to 
every single person. I mm-hmm. literally did it today. I did this filling and I was like, Look, I'm just not happy with this. Uh, I'm going to redo it for you. I'm sorry. Come back next week. I'm going to redo it for you, that kind of thing, everything like that. So it's one thing to try, but being critical and your your patients will love that. And I think, as Nick said before, confidence is really, really important. And the thing that I really love in terms of the most confident thing you can ever say to a patient is I don't know or I'm wrong. So patients got pain, don't sit there and go, um, uh, I think it could, uh, it might be this, it could be that. You get, sit the patient up, you've done some diagnostic tests, they've had pain, you know, you sit them up and you go, look, I don't know. First words out of your mouth said with super, super confidence is I don't know and then you say every single thing else, all right? Patient will never, ever be upset with you for saying I don't know from the get-go. They will be upset with you for saying I think it's this, I think it's that. They've made a decision which is not really a great decision because they think you know what you're talking about and it's been the wrong decision. Or, you know, I took this tooth out, having a look at it now, look, you know, maybe we, you know, we could have done this, we could have done that, X, Y and Z and that kind of stuff and everything like that. So that is really, really important to build really, really good patient rapport um, and it's really, really the most important thing to build patient rapport is accepting your failures because even the best dentists who have been out for 30 years are going to do bad dentistry. Like, and I would argue actually a lot of dentists who have been out for 30 years do far more bad dentistry than what a lot of people do. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't admit to it. They've just got fantastic patient rapport so they get away with it. I, I think the other, I think really one of the other things that can can help with your rapport with the patient as well. Is you you'll know when you're trying to let's say you're trying to restore a tooth and you, you can see on the X-ray it's going to be hard and you know the patient's got a, a difficult mouth to treat. You you once you've done a few of them and you would have done that at dental school, you know, all right, that was a really hard filling. So you'll know that in future when you look at that X-ray when you look at that tooth in the mouth before you would mark on it. Say to the patient, look. This is a very difficult feeling because it's not your fault that that tooth needs a filling, you know. Like just say, look, this is going to be really tricky. Like this decay is quite deep or it's really a tricky spot to get to. You know, we might have a hard time making it meet the other tooth and getting it a natural contact and making it all look nice and make it feel right. So we might have to, you know, either adjust something or redo the contact point later so then that way, once you've finished it, if you're not happy with it, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, look, this contact's not that tight. They don't think you're a bad dentist. They think they've got a bad tooth. And mm-hmm. basically then you can redo that contact later and they're like, oh, this guy's trying really hard to fix this problem for me. Like, you know, it, it's a, it's just managing the person. And and because the teeth, the teeth you know, some teeth are really hard. So you just... You just got to let people know that that's the case. I think uh, someone told me in 30 or everything you say beforehand is a good reason. Everything you say after the fact is an excuse. Yeah. So I guess you got to just preempt them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do agree with that. I think there are some limitations there in the sense that, you know, you can't predict everything that's going to happen. Yeah. And sometimes you can also overload a patient preemptively and that kind of mm. stuff and everything like that. But, again, the if you 
if you give the, I don't want to say excuse, but if you give that kind of response afterwards, um, but again, you say it with confidence, like it's mm. so much easier to manage. You know, I had just as another example, I had a, uh, one of the other um, new grads at my other practice took out a tooth. They warned the patient that he might have an OAC, taking this tooth out, you know, part of the consent, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff and everything like that. Came in and he's like, he's like, oh, can you just check whether this is an OAC? Massive. And he was like, okay, you know, he's like, and the guy was like freaking out. I was like, yeah, this happens. Like, don't worry, we'll close it up. All good, no stress, fine, bit of this, bit of that, whatever, that kind of thing and everything like that. Now, if I had have sat there sweating over the fact there was a huge, huge OAC, that patient would have been so much more concerned and worried and everything. Now, he should still be concerned and worried about it, but he would have been so much more concerned and worried about it as if I had made a big deal out of it as opposed to, you know, just being like, yeah, look, it happens. It's pretty big. It's not ideal. We might need to send you to a specialist, but I'm going to close this up for you. Here's what you've got to do, that kind of stuff and everything of that. You know, you award, but, you know, so... You know, I don't want to say everything after is an excuse, but if you mm. sit, again, you sit the patient up and it's the first words out of your mouth before you be like, you know, X, Y, and Z and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I can feel a rough spot here. I can feel a gap. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a gap. Patience is up. There's a gap between your teeth straight away. It's not really an excuse. So, mm. you know, don't fear the fact that you haven't told the patient beforehand mm. that there may be an adverse outcome or, or something and everything at like that because... That's when a week later or when the patient brings up, that's I think it's probably a better way is when the patient notes it, that's when it's an excuse, mm-hmm. not when mm-hmm. you tell mm-hmm. the patient. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's excellent um, advice once again. Um, yeah, so hopefully you listeners out there have gotten you know, lots of tips moving in, especially I think new grads, even students, there's heaps there for you to mull over. And so I guess moving on from dentistry, since we've talked about that quite a bit, um, let's get to know you guys a bit more. So what are your hobbies outside of dentistry? (laughs) 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 Gonna switch switch to a different brain. You know, food, food and wine is a, another a, another indulgence. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> Nick and I take our our respective partners out quite regularly. For, for <laughs> the question is always when the bill comes. Is, is company paying for this? Partners <laughs> <laughs> meeting. So. Yeah, is the uh, is the description in our accountant's books. So, um, yeah, I think. You know, look, I wouldn't say I've necessarily got specific hobbies and interests and things that, you know, you can recycle a bit, not so much at the moment. Yeah. I, I like to blame it on work, but it's just that it's cold and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, just like, you know, going out, you know, just enjoying your sort of downtime and that kind of well, stuff. Well, we, we used to travel a lot, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But... Not so much any uh, anymore at the moment. So yeah, um, spend a lot of time on with on our dogs and you know, yeah, just, yeah, enjoying that. Yeah, no, that's good. I think it's like, and it sounds it sounds really stupid, but like you know, Nick, Nick and I do quite enjoy the work side of things, and we do we do spend a quite a bit of our downtime that we should probably otherwise spend doing other things, doing business stuff. But you know, we enjoy 
that aspect of, of dentistry is the, the business side of things. So, you know, it's probably not what you call a traditional hobby, but. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's something that you wouldn't otherwise do if you were just an associate dentist. So yeah. I, I guess it is mm. an extracurricular activity. <laughs> so, um, mm. yeah, I mean, all of that is. Uh, I mean, I, I used to play guitar and play in bands, but now my guitar's sat in the cupboard for too long. So just, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. Same with the bike, it's just stored away. Yeah. <laughs> it's served its purpose, the bike. <laughs> they just they become show pieces. So um, yeah, but look, you know, I think it's, there's probably a wide range of things that I probably couldn't label off the top of my head. But, you know, I think we have a relatively good We have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Um, and I also understand that I think Nikki even explored other avenues like owning a cafe, which is quite interesting. Um, could you tell us a bit about that experience? My accountant advised me not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, he said, Evans partners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, for right Evans partners. Focus on teeth, that'll, uh, that'll make you more money. No, it, it, <laughs> It was a fun venture. I, I, I always wanted, I really like coffee. It's, Evan really likes coffee as well. But mm. I always wanted to have a coffee shop and it was just like a, it was just like a little, uh, I don't know, one of those, one of those things that you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind doing that one day. Yeah, it was a bucket list item. And then when I had the opportunity and uh, so I was like, all right, that's, that's good. That's a good thing. And what was, it, what was the one you suggested the other night? We're going to buy a karaoke bar. No. <laughs> well, it's well, full that, of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I did always want to do a bar. Like the, my friend who I ran the coffee shop with, we were going to do a bar as well. But then we, life got too busy. And, uh, mm. yeah, so I, I sold the coffee shop just before. Well, it was actually the sale went through just after Evan and I bought the, the practice here. Right. Oh. Yeah, I sold it on Gumtree. That was fun. Wow. <laughs> you, have thought you could sell a, a I didn't know you could sell a business on yeah. Gumtree. Yeah. I didn't uh, yeah, I didn't want to pay a, a broker to, to do the sale. So I, I, <laughs> oh. Uh, we'll do the same thing. We won't do the same thing. <laughs> No, no. You'll see Kensington Dental Care one day. On Gumtree. <laughs> Gumtree. <laughs> also. So what else is this seller listing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was fun. It was fun for the couple of years that I had it. And uh, yeah, it was a good break from tea. But mm. um, after after that I was more than happy to be uh, back in working full time as a, a dentist. Yeah, Nick was living a life. He did only work like three yeah. days a week. I had, I had my practice in Wyala and I was there three days a week and then the other four days were leisure days. Nick would call me like a, <laughs> like a Monday. He's like, oh, I just, just got out of bed. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to work for three hours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to see. What do you do? I'm going for a ride and then I'll call the broker about a loan. Yeah, it was a... It was a luxury day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a mental breakdown about a week of starting full time work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, treat yourself like. And, <laughs> and then I got like 
shoved back into five, six days a week. I'm, right. go, I'm going to be on three days a week, so yeah, it's oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Five more months. <laughs> I'll be calling you on Monday. <laughs> 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 so. Cool. I think Calvin, I'll let you finish up, but it's just all, it's just a quick question. Basically, what's next for you guys? Karaoke bar. Karaoke bar. There karaoke yeah, we bar. said it here first. Yeah, there you go. Dental and karaoke bar. I'm put it underneath here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. Kensington um, Dental Karaoke. Yeah. Um, no, look, I, I, I think the, for me, uh, probably a bit of further education. Doing a master's through King's College at the moment, um, which is making me feel very inadequate. So <laughs> probably, probably try and find something to do a bit of um, more sort of, I guess, focused further education. Um, I, I think I think you enjoy it. I mean, it, it's certainly been a difficult. It's certainly been difficult going back to full time, or not full time work, or it's full time work, but. Then studying on top of that is, is a bit a bit trickier, but might explain why I haven't been riding the bike as well. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I think that that for me, um, we've got um, another practice up in the hills now, so um, which is kind of we've only had that for six, seven months now. So we're sort of trying to get that running a bit more and things like that. Um, that's sort of like, you know, sometimes it's a real work in progress sort of sort of thing. You, you can buy something and it takes a bit of time to get it where you want it to, want mm. it to be. So. Especially if it's a, an existing place that you've yeah. got someone that's been in there for a while and they've done things one way and you want to do it something different, it's definitely a bit of work to get it across. And then, yeah, I think it's just kind of going to be honing our skills and hopefully spending a little bit less time at work. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have probably earned it. <laughs> Clinical work, yeah. Well, yeah. Sure, yeah. Still, still young. Yeah, one of us is still young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're what, three, three years on you? Well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm 29. Oh, I got two years on you. <laughs> <laughs> still, still a few more, few more years of uh, of hard work, but playing yeah. long term is just a. I guess something that you can kind of just sit back and hopefully uh, let it take care of itself a bit. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you. Makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys, for spending. Um, a, a late Wednesday night with us. Uh, I probably distracted you guys from, you know, actually going home, you've eaten your dinner on on the recording, so sorry about that, but I'm hey, sure the students will really enjoy this episode. Uh, well, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, I think yeah. I'll stop that there unless you guys want to say anything at the end. No, just that. Uh, no. Having us and for listening. Yeah, like don't, don't, don't say anything we said to any of your shooters. <laughs> 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 Remember, there's differences. differences. Whoa, whoa, of course. Whoa, whoa. Um.